you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Isaiah chapter 28, reading three verses from the book of Isaiah chapter 28, beginning with verse number 16. Isaiah 28, 16, therefore thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. And the hell shall sweep away the refuge of lies and the water shall overflow the hiding place. Verse 18. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall press through, then ye shall be trodden down by it. By the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach or teach or treat or whatever you may call this for the time I'm done this morning, a new covenant for 
a new day, a new covenant for a new day. Once again, would you ask the Lord just to rest his anointing upon us this morning? Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to bring the bread of life to your people this morning. I pray over this congregation today. I pray for the heart of every hearer in this room. Let the word of God accomplish the purpose for which you were sending it today. I pray, God, that you strengthen every heart and lift every burden in this room this morning and help us to see you high and lifted up. We magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. In prefacing remarks today, perhaps I would begin by helping those of you who may find struggle in understanding the Scripture. While I don't want to devote all of my time this morning to Bible study methods or clear biblical understanding of studying the Scripture, or even in obedience to Paul's writing to Timothy, rightly dividing the word of truth, yet I will touch on each of these ideas this morning as we move into this text. The fact is, is that the Lord has given us his word, the Bible, and what he speaks to us will always be in alignment with this word. God will never speak something that is not in clear alignment with his word. He will speak things to confirm his word, to support his word, to remind us of his word, but most of the time, listen, 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 most of the time when God speaks, he will speak to you through his word. Now that is not to say that God does not speak. Some have heard the audible voice of God. Some have heard and felt the gentle nudge of God, the reminding spirit of God that has brought truths and thoughts into our lives, but God cannot violate his word. The scripture itself declares his word is forever settled in heaven. He is God, he changes not. The word was from the beginning. In the beginning was the word. That word, that logos, that plan from the beginning was God's desire, his design from the very beginning. The Old Testament we are given, which can be very difficult for the casual reader of the Bible to comprehend and understand, because it is written under a different covenant. It is written under a blood covenant of sacrifice of animals, of blood to be shed, of goats and bullocks and all sorts 
of ritualism that was to affect man's sin, but man could not find redemption from his sin. His sin was dealt with only for a year on the Day of Atonement when the blood sacrifice was offered and accepted by God. Then sin was rolled ahead for one year only for man to deal with that sin all over again. The writer of Hebrews comes along and begins to speak of a better time all through the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophets spoke of days that were to come at prayer. I mentioned the prophet Isaiah speaking in prophetic anticipation. Things that were not as though they already had come to pass. For he was wounded for our transgression. Yet he was not even born yet. Then how could he say he was wounded? Because the word was the plan. And it was from the beginning. It was There was a plan from the beginning. So the writers wrote in prophetic anticipation and everything they wrote came to pass. It is amazing that we have the word of God that comes from a variety of writers and written in different locations, yet it comes together with one comprehensive plan that becomes so very clear. And when we study to show ourselves approved unto God and rightly divide the scripture, we will find the continuity of the word. We will find the clarity of the word that takes us from Old Testament where Christ is found all through the Old Testament. That's right, Jesus Christ is found all through the Old Testament, yet not called, yet by his name, but prophesied of and shown to us in types and in shadows that is foretelling what is to come and what is to be that brings us into a new covenant. In our text this morning, I read from the book of Isaiah, and this is a powerful and prophetic scripture declaring the end of the old covenant and the beginning of the new covenant. We call it the Old Testament and the New Testament. In all reality, the Bible itself tells us that a New Testament cannot begin until the death of the testator. So therefore, Jesus Christ was the New Testament. Jesus Christ is the New Testament. And so when you go to the Old Testament, the Old Testament, had, there had to be the death of Jesus Christ in order for the New Testament to begin. We transferred from an old covenant, an old system, into a new covenant or a new system by which man's sins are dealt with. Under the old covenant, man dealt with their sin by blood sacrifice of animals, but Jesus Christ became the atonement for our sin, and there now no longer requires blood sacrifice because Jesus Christ is forever our sacrifice and our atonement for our sin. 
Therefore, the blood of Jesus cries out on our behalf forever. Therefore, he is forever the mediator between God and man, not a third person in the Trinity that is there crying out to the Father. But the one work of redemption on the cross is an everlasting covenant that takes us and redeems us until he returns to take us home to be with him. So this is a powerful and prophetic scripture in Isaiah 28 declaring the end of an old covenant and the beginning of the new covenant. It heralds the message of a time of Christ and his redemptive work. The obvious point of our text is the transition from the old covenant which man could not live up to That's the whole purpose of the old covenant. It was all based on works and what man could do. But then there was the proof that mankind could not live up to the law. Therefore, we needed the grace of God. Aren't you glad that he gave us grace? Because man couldn't live up to the letter of the law, so therefore he gave us grace, the new covenant, which man could live up to only by the blood of Jesus Christ. The rigorous law of the old covenant was uh, inadequate. It was not It was not full. Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He came to prove that only one person could actually live up to the law, and that was the spotless individual called Jesus Christ. He was the spotless lamb. Therefore, he fulfilled the law that man could not ever fulfill no matter how much man tried. They came up short. So Jesus came and fulfilled the law and became the new covenant. This text calls out man's inability to overcome sin under the old covenant and the awesome power that is available for man to break the curse of sin now under the new covenant through Jesus Christ. Now, if you'll stay with me for a few more moments this morning, we will get the groundwork of this message laid and then we will move toward the application. This text puts this narrative in terms that can be easily understood even in our day. Don't overcomplicate this text. When you read it, the word picture declares that the covenant with death and hell would be broken. Somebody ought to open their spiritual mind now to comprehend what the Lord is speaking. The covenant with death and with hell will be broken in Bible times. The covenant was the highest form of trust when men made a covenant. It was binding in today's world, in today's society. Covenants are often broken. 50% of marriages end in divorce. But in Bible times, when a man made a covenant with another man, that covenant was something that was binding and was 
permanent. There is something built within man that makes it morally and ethically difficult to break a covenant once a covenant has been agreed upon, particularly when that covenant is working against us. Now, watch with me now. Under the covenant of law, a man's wrongdoings could ultimately lead to his demise or even lead to his death. Uh, understand when you are reading through the Old Covenant and reading the Old Testament uh, to comprehend and understand you are seeing types and shadows of what is to come. One without hope in the old, under the old covenant, one without hope would have no recourse, would have no prescription to alleviate the pain, no remedy for sin, no response for the death penalty that was placed upon us. Now, I pick up at this point today to say that the enemy has fooled far too many people into believing that their destiny in life is one of misery and despair. This is the job of the enemy. He, his role did not change. Understand, under the old covenant, the way God works with man is different than the way he works with man under the new covenant. But the, the work of the enemy is the same under the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant did not change anything to do with Satan, his adversarial work, as he is working against mankind. So his work from the very beginning was to... To destroy relationship between God and between man. And let me tell you from the beginning, the adversary would love for every individual to believe that they are on a crash course with hell without any ability to be able to live above sin. That's why the enemy comes and lies to you and tells you you cannot serve the Lord. This is why the enemy comes and tells you you can never live up to the standard. You can never live up to what is expected of you. This is the work of the enemy. This is a lie from the pit of hell. Uh, the scripture here that we read even declares, and they made a covenant with death and with hell. Lies that the scripture said have become their refuge. But I, I came this morning to try to bring some light on this passage once again to help somebody understand that what happened here is very clear in scripture that mankind had made a covenant with death and hell. Where did that happen? That happened at the garden. That happened at the fall. That happened when, when Satan beguiled Eve and Adam willfully took sin upon himself. There was a covenant made that mankind would surely die and that hell would be the only recourse for mankind unless, of course, in the flesh that he would be able to live up to the standard of the law which no man was ever able to complete until along comes Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm going to prove that the law can be fulfilled but cannot be fulfilled without the work of God and of the Spirit. And so therefore he lived the sinless life and then 
after living the sinless life, dying the death of the cross, he therefore abolished the, 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 the plan or the agreement with death and with hell that man now is no longer destined and no longer doomed. Mankind is no longer on the crash course with hell and with death, but now he came that we could have life and have life more abundantly. As a matter of fact, he came that we could have life and have everlasting life. He came to abolish the contract that Adam and Eve made with death and with hell to say, mankind, you are not doomed. You can, through grace and through the blood, you can be saved. If I just broke this message down in just some simple terms to say to you this morning is that death and destruction is not God's plan for your life. Pastor, you don't understand how hard it is for me. I try and I try and I try. The issue is, is that you're trying within the flesh. God's already shown us that there's no way. That was the whole purpose of the old covenant. Go ahead, man. Show us how good you are. Go ahead. Here's your list of rules. Somebody said, well, you know, if it would just be more defined so I could see it more clearly. No, you will never be able to see it clear enough that you would be able to live it out clear enough. But I come this morning to tell you that after God proved that mankind would never be able to live up to the standard of the law, he came with grace and mercy and the blood and he says here is the only way that you are going to make it. Therefore if any man sin he has an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sin. I come to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ became the New Testament wherein we would be able to walk boldly toward the throne of God. I come today to tell you that there is hope for you. You may feel like that you will never be able to live up to the standard and you can in the flesh but through the blood and through his mercy and through his grace we are overcomers the truth is you were supposed to die lost because that was the covenant mankind made but Jesus painted himself onto the canvas of your life's picture. The agreement that you made with death and hell has been canceled by the blood of Jesus. I come this morning to tell somebody that may have walked in this room and feel like there's no hope for me, there's no recourse for me, there's no way out. I've tried and I fail. I try to serve God and I fail. I try to do it and I fail. You cannot do it except by the help of the Holy Ghost and a lot of dependence upon His grace and mercy. Come on somebody. If you've lived for God a while you ought to be shouting amen today because you didn't get to where you are because you're good enough because you lined up enough you only got to where you are because of his grace and his mercy that reached way down to where you were and brought you out and you just refused to quit Somebody asked someone who had, been, who had been married a real long time, how in the world did you possibly make it as long as you've made it? They said, just because we decided that we were not going to quit. Let, let me talk to somebody today that may be up and down and struggling and, and, and you just got to make up your mind that, that, that being lost is not an option.
Well, I messed up. Get back up. Get back on the right track. I'm not giving you a license to sin, but I am giving you a license to get back up. I am giving you a license to run to grace and mercy. I am giving you a license to run to the altar and do your first works of repentance all over again and say, I refuse to quit. I'm going to keep on, and I'm going to press toward the mark. The agreement that mankind made with death and hell was canceled by the blood of Jesus because there's nothing else can do it. The songwriter said it right when he said, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The door of salvation has swung open on its rusty hinges and the curse has been broken. Now, you can make lies your refuge and tell yourself that you can't live for God because it's too hard, but you will find no real refuge in that lie that is sent from hell. The Lord of heaven sent this preacher this morning to this pulpit to say to you the curse of sin has been broken and the agreement with hell has been canceled. And everything the enemy meant against you has been reversed. The plot of the enemy will ultimately be reversed. You have the opportunity now. Somebody says, well, I just can't do it on my own. The only way you'll do it is through faith in Jesus Christ. And by giving it everything you've got now, you can't just say, well, if God wants me to be saved, I'll just be saved. It's just going to happen. That's completely wrong. You've got to strive. The Bible all through, he says that the, The scripture is telling us to strive. It tells us to endure hardships. It tells us to press toward the mark. The Bible gives us all sorts of adjectives that tells us you can't quit. If you're looking for an opportunity to quit, you're going to find one on every street corner. If you're looking for a reason to backslide, you'll find it everywhere you look. But I'm going to tell you that if you'll stop looking for reasons to fall out of grace and fall out of mercy and start looking for reasons to run to grace and run to mercy I'm going to tell you that where you are wherever you are when you call on the name of Jesus that they just sang about he is going to be right there as your redeemer as your comfort as your help as your strength as your peace the prophet Isaiah is declaring under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost the misery that God's, that the people of God have been living in. He speaks of a time that it is coming to an end. The covenant, he says, here's how he says it. The covenant with death and hell are about to be broken. How can such a powerful covenant with death and hell be broken and be ended unless a new covenant is about to come into effect. This is what the prophet Isaiah is speaking about. He is talking about the ending of an old covenant. There is an Old Testament principle and a New Testament application. Do you see it so clearly? The Lord said, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. 
Daniel chapter 2 verse 45 said, And he saw a stone that was hewn out of the mountain without hands. And that stone figuratively broke down every stronghold. Isaiah talks about the stone and, and he's, he speaks of the stone uh, and Daniel speaks of the stone. I, I am certain we could go all through the scripture because every time the, the, the writer actually gets it very clear when he talks about the rock that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. You know what that, what that stone, what that rock is representing? That rock is representing Jesus Christ. Christ. How do I know that? Because the Bible just says it like this, and that rock was Christ. It's just that clear, and that rock was Christ. So when you see the rock that was hewn out of the mountain without hands, it's talking about Jesus Christ who was born of a virgin. You see that? It was, he was hewn out of the mountain, and he was hewn out without hands hands. It is. It, it becomes so very clear. The, the rock that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. How in the world did a rock follow through the wilderness, through the, through the children of Israel, through the wilderness for 40 years? How did, how did the rock, it was miraculous because that rock was representing Jesus Christ. And when they struck the rock, out of the rock came water. When they, when they smote Jesus into the side, out of his side came blood and you see the story it is unveiled it is the new covenant it is the new testament that rock is uh, is always always there always making a way when there seems to be no way you brought us here to die but then from the rock comes the water you see the apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians the 10th chapter and the 4th verse very clear mark it in your Bibles 1 Corinthians 10 and 4 and that rock was Christ there is no question he is the burden bearer he is the covenant breaker he is the supplier of all of our needs God is trying to persuade someone in this house today that you may have walked in this room this morning and you have maybe have made lies your refuge and said it's always going to be the way that it is. Let me tell you, if you've got somebody in your ear that is telling you you can't or if the enemy of your soul is in your ear and telling you that you can't and you make an agreement with him and you you say, you're right, I can't, I can't do it. What you need to do is go ahead and finish that sentence. You're right, I can't do it on my own. But I'm going to reach down and find a scripture that says, but I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Come on, there's enough scripture to tell you that you, you can't do it on your own, but with the help of Jesus Christ you can. Hey, I come today to tell you Jesus Christ reversed every ill intent that the devil has made on your life and your covenant with death shall be disannulled and your agreement with hell shall not stand. 
God says in the middle of your helpless situation, I am sending help to you. And I'm not just sending help, but he said, I am your help and your strength. There are more I am's in the scripture than what you know what to do with. He said, I am your help. I am your strength. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I come this morning to tell you that the I am that Moses spoke about, he was talking about the same I am all through scripture I am I am who is he he is Jesus he is the great I am the old covenant can save you but Jesus can save you I'm just preaching Jesus to you this morning to tell you that when you have Jesus you have everything you need You're in a dismal situation under the old covenant. But the prophet Isaiah says, but get ready. Everything that you've learned under the old covenant, every I can't under the old covenant is going to be broken when Jesus shows up with all of the I am's. Under the old covenant, hell has a death grip on you. But I'm preaching to you about Jesus who walked into hell. They crucified him, put him in the grave. And the scripture said that he walked through hell leading captivity, and leading captivity captive. Uh, he, he, he goes through and he comes out of the belly of hell and he comes out carrying the key. And the scripture said it like this, to death, to hell, and the grave. <laughs> Nobody else came out with a key to death, to hell, and the grave. I, I hope I'm making this clear this morning. I'm trying to draw a weave all through the scripture where you're able to clearly see that that impossible situation, that situation that you were under, that, that, that curse that you were under, that agreement that you made with death and hell, Jesus Christ is the one that went in and preached to spirits that were in bondage and came out carrying the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Why did he come out with keys? Just so he can have bragging rights of having keys? Absolutely not. He came out with keys so that he could unlock the prison bars of your life, the bondage of sin, the broken areas of your life. He came forth to declare that covenant is disannulled. You could never have done it on your own, but through the help of Jesus Christ, you can. Under the old covenant, you couldn't. But he said, I'm sending one to give you hope beyond death. The apostle Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things, everybody say old things. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things, everybody say all things. All things are become new. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And all things that are of God who hath reconciled us to himself. How? By Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The bringing back together. Under the old covenant, sins were rolled ahead. But under the new covenant, he has reconciled 
us to himself. What needed reconciliation? What needed reconciled? You know what the word means. It's very simple. It is a relationship that has been broken that needs reconciled. You see, he made man and formed them in the image, but sin broke the relationship in the garden. And so therefore, he gave men a law that they could not live up to. But along comes Jesus Christ to end that covenant in that day to, to create a new covenant for this new day in which we live. And now he says that he is recon reconciling the world unto himself. Or in other words, he is fixing what was broken in the garden. He is bringing back together. He is reconciling. So when you feel like you're a long ways away from God, you need to just go to this passage and just read it all over again because Jesus came and the purpose for Jesus Christ even coming to the earth was to reconcile the world unto himself, to reconcile you back into that broken relationship. That's right, to bring it back into relationship, to bring it back in. You would have never been able to have done it. He gave the list of rules and regulations and for 2,000 years men killed animals and offered blood sacrifices and tried to live up to it and, and, and they could not do it but along comes Jesus Christ and he said the only thing that is going to reconcile is going to be when I do the redemptive work of Calvary. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 said that at that time that is under the old covenant the Gentiles were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope. Everybody say no hope. And without God in the world, verse 13. But now, he says, what is that? That is the new covenant. That is the new day. He says now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now we have Hope, verse 18, your covenant with death shall be disannulled and your agreement with hell shall not stand. How is this possible? The apostle Paul explains it in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. And this is the way he puts it. He puts it in the only, he puts it in the only possible way that, that, that he could put it. Let me grab this piece of paper right here on the front. He said, he, he used the term, he said, he said, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against you. In other words, he says the enemy has a whole list of things that are against you. He's got a list of things. See, and this is the old, under the old covenant where you and I were living. We lived knowing everything that we've done. We know. And the enemy has kept records of every wrong, of every lie, of every sin, of everything you never told anybody about. He's got a, he's got a list of them. We know this. And that list, he keeps it. You know where the enemy keeps that list? He keeps it in your mind. Oh, nobody's going to help me preach this morning. The enemy keeps your, his list of wrongdoings in your mind. When the enemy needs to know, he, he couldn't possibly, he doesn't have that kind of memory. He depends on your memory. 
But he said, here's what he did by the blood. He said he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances, not with ink, but he did it with blood. He starts marking out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. This is what Jesus did. He came, and every time the enemy says, well, this is what I've done, you've got to remind him, uh-uh, that was under the old covenant. That was under. That was when I had an agreement with death and with hell. But now, not, not a, Jesus came with his, with his pen of blood, with his ink of blood and he he wrote that I remember the day I went to the altar I remember the day I repented of my sin I remember the day that I went to I remember when I went down in water baptism I remember when my sins were washed away I remember when he blotted it out I remember when he blotted it out with his blood he forgave me every time the enemy takes you back to the old you takes you back to the old covenant uh, takes you back to when you were in, in relationship with death and with hell you remind him I went to an altar one night uh, I repented of my sins uh, I was buried in water baptism my sins have been blotted out uh, it's not there you can't read them and I can't see them because they were blotted out by the blood But then, the beauty of it is, the beauty of it is, is we remember things that aren't there. We remember things that aren't there because this is what the apostle said in Colossians, the second chapter, verse 14. He first says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, which was contrary to us. Then nothing about that old... It's nothing about that old covenant going to help you. That covenant that you made with death and with hell, there ain't nothing about that that's going to help you. You're never going to be able to make it on your own. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, which were contrary to us. And then Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 said, And he took it out of the way. And then what did he do? Nailing it. To his cross. So that means that that memory bank in your mind, I'm trying to help somebody this morning. That memory bank in your mind that the enemy tries to go to and tries to pull out is only some figma of your imagination because first off he blotted it out and just so you would know he took the handwriting of ordinances that were against it against you and he took them out of the way they no longer exist they're no longer there and you know where he put them he nailed them to his cross every time the enemy it's more than just a social media meme every time the enemy comes reminding you of your faults and your failures and your past you need to remind him of the cross of Calvary because the blood blotted out the ordinance and Jesus took that memory and he nailed it to the cross. It isn't for you to have to stew over and think about and wonder if anybody knows. It doesn't matter. It doesn't exist anymore because it was nailed to his cross. I'm not part of that old covenant. I'm not part of what I used to be. But now by the grace of Jesus Christ 
Christ and by the blood atonement I am a new creature in Christ Jesus I'm trying to get through to somebody today that the enemy will regret every attempt that he has ever made to take you out when you get a grip on the word of God you are about to be feared by your adversary because the Bible goes on to declare that the very thing that the enemy brought against you he's going to turn it around and he's going to tell the enemy you gotta, you're going to have to sleep on your own bed that you made the enemy is going to have to deal with the very trap that he made for me Stand with me all over the room this morning. If you've been set free by the blood of Jesus, you ought to lift your hands all over this room right now and you ought to give God praise because he did for you what you never could have done for yourself. Come on, lift your voice all over the room and give God praise. Hallelujah. God is greater. He's greater than anything the adversary can bring against you. If you're in this house this morning and you're battling and you're struggling, you're struggling with your past, you feel the tug of the pull of your past trying to pull you back into who you used to be, you need to step from where you are, walk to the front of this room today and just declare the blood of Jesus has made me whole. The blood of Jesus has set me free. I'm not bound. I know they'll tell you once you're an addict, you're always an addict. That is a lie from the pit of hell. When the Son, therefore, hath made you free, you are free indeed. I'm not bound to that old agreement that I made with death and hell. I have a brand new agreement by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you haven't signed up for that agreement, you ought to step from where you are this morning, walk to the front of this room, and just turn your heart and your life over to Jesus Christ this morning. You ought to come repenting of your sins this morning. We have water to baptize you today if you've never been baptized. The Lord is here this morning to lift your burden, to put you on a new path. Come on, this is a new day for you. There's a brand new covenant for you today. Come on, fill up these altars this morning. Talk to the Lord for a little while today. Talk to him for a while.